Welcome to the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast, your source for expert insights on industry consensus standards and ASSP technical publications. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Continually improving your safety performance requires that you take a holistic view of occupational safety and health and how your goals fit in within the context of your organization. Having this perspective allows you to develop a safety and health management system that will meet your goals and objectives, as well as those of the organization as a whole. The recently updated ANSI ASSP Z10 standard provides a framework to do exactly that. Z10 establishes requirements for occupational safety and health management systems in a way that can be tailored to your organization and the unique risks that it faces. Joining us today to discuss this latest update to the Z10 standard is Jim Howe. Jim is a certified safety professional and president of Safety Solutions. He is also the chair of the ANSI ASSP Z10 committee. Jim, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Scott. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. It's obviously one of my favorite uh, areas of interest, discussion, and uh, study. So thank you. It's great to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, Excited for our conversation. So as I mentioned, we're talking about the updated Z10 standard, which was just recently published. Now, regular listeners of the show may remember our episode back in June where we provided a general overview of the standard and safety management systems. But for those who are unfamiliar, I thought we could start by giving everyone a background of Z10 and the basics of safety management systems. Great. Yeah. Uh, the, the effort to build uh, Z10 really began in about 1990-2000, and uh, uh, there have been uh, several versions, and, uh, and we've worked on this uh, revision. But I want to just talk briefly about just management systems in general. Uh, there's a couple of very important uh, foundational points. One of the vice presidents, operational vice presidents of one of the major uh, energy companies once said, our management system can be our seeing eye dog that provides direction in times of uncertainty, or it can be the dead dog we pull behind us that creates bureaucracy and wastes resources. <laughs> and what... Yeah, and what, you know, what distinguishes the two, I mean, this is a very insightful comment from this vice president, and he wasn't just speaking about occupational health and safety management systems, but he was talking about management systems in general. It's very insightful because what he's trying to say is, you know, what distinguishes uh, how we implement our management system, you know, our level of understanding of systems and in, in particular, our ability to, 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 to do system thinking uh, is very, very relevant and will just, just determine whether it's going to provide us direction in times of uncertainty or waste resources and build bureaucracy. You know, whether it's going to be <laughs> building a dynamic tool for the whole organization that leads to continual improvement, or is it going to be a bunch of binders of crap in some office uh, that nobody pays attention to? And one of the foundational thoughts also is sometimes uh, I get the question, uh, gee, we, we're trying to decide if we should implement a management system or not, and so on and so forth. Every organization currently has an occupational health and safety management system. They, they may not think of it that way, but they have one. It may not be very mature. It uh, may be very, very basic. It may be missing a lot of elements. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The various activities may not be well connected. In fact, they may be uh, contradictory to one another and uh, competing for it with uh, kind of conflicting goals at times and so on and so forth. But there is a management system. The question really is, is it necessary for you to think about improving your management system? And, of course, it is in almost all cases. 
we should think about the management system not as a bunch of binders of crap uh, on the wall, but we should think of it as a control structure that allows the organization to prevent things it doesn't want and achieve things that it does want. And what that means is we need to organize essential elements, and this, this is common to 45,001, 9,001, 14,001, Z10, etc. We want to arrange essential elements management, leadership, planning, uh, support, implementation, evaluation, management, review. We want to organize these major elements in such a way that they provide feedback because they're interdependent. None of the elements function on their own, although sometimes we treat them that way, which is a mistake. They're all interdependent, and by arranging them in certain ways, and that's the basis of 45,001 and Z10, if they're arranged in certain ways and connected in certain ways, they'll automatically lead to continual improvement. And uh, this is, so one of the important ideas is that, you know, performance, this is a very, very fundamental system thinking concept, uh, not from Jim Howe, but from system thinkers around the world. System performance is not the performance of the individual elements, but rather the performance of the whole. System thinkers tell us that uh, system performance is not the sum of the parts, but rather the product of their interaction. So the way things interact, these elements interact, is critical. Uh, Todd Conklin, one of one of my friends, one of the great people in health and safety in the United States right now, Todd likes to use Jenga blocks to demonstrate systems. And <laughs> so if you think of a bunch of Jenga blocks just loosely scattered on a table, uh, that's a bunch of activities that aren't well connected. And then if you think of the Jenga's, well, they're sort of stacked, but it's kind of a sloppy stack, and some are touching each other and some aren't, that's, that, that might be a, a management system that has the elements, but, but uh, they're not well connected. And then if we think of a nice, smooth stack of Jenga blocks, that might be the organization implementing these various activities and connecting them so that there is feedback and and uh, the feedback between the elements and communication the interdependencies and the relationships are there mm -hmm. uh, that can lead to continual improvement and and what these standards do is they provide the general architecture for the overall system and as you mentioned in your introduction all of these standards allow and really encourage organizations to customize their management system, but keeping in mind the general architecture, but customizing them based on their level of risk, the kind of uh, mm -hmm. uh, the sector that they're in, the kind of services or products that they're performing, or, you know, you know that, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the high-level structure of these standards are very, very similar, which which is a good thing from an implementation standpoint from organizations because then they can better integrate the various management systems. So that's kind of a high level. I hope that's not too conceptual and too abstract, but that's, you know, what we're trying to do is understand systems and uh, arrange the system in the most powerful way. We want to make sure you know, that the engine for the car isn't sticking out of the tailpipe in the wheels on top of the car, et cetera, et cetera, right? The parts have to be organized in a certain way 
just having all those parts of the car, just because we have a transmission sitting out on the hood of the car, that's not going to work very well. But God, these parts have to be arranged in a certain way. And when we do that, they can be very, very powerful. Exactly. I, I'm glad you, you touched on the, the interconnectedness. I think that's a really important point that safety is not separate from all the other components of the business that within an organization, everything is interconnected in one way or another. And I like the, the Jenga blocks example to, to really stress that all of these are interconnected and impacting each other. And really, as I mentioned at the top, yeah. taking, taking a holistic view of the entire organization and how safety fits into that. Yeah. You know, you know, Scott, I think an important point is that that's a great point. If we we, meaning leaders of organizations, us in health and safety, et cetera, we fragment reality. We say, okay, this part of reality is safety, this part's quality, this part's environment, this part's scheduling, this part's finance, et cetera, et cetera. We fragment. And organizations are large. We need some level of fragmentation so that we can get things done. The problem is that we begin after a period of time to think that that fragmented reality is reality, (laughs) and it's not. Reality, as you just mentioned, all of these things are interconnected. And you see that when you go out to see a crew doing a job or when you go into the workplace. And when you just watch work being done, you see this interconnection, but we then go back to our offices and operate in these silos in a way uh, that can be very misleading to us and the entire organization, mm-hmm. because that's not reality. As you point out, in reality, all this stuff is interconnected, and you can't work on one of these things without affecting the other in, in a positive or a negative way. Right. That's a great point. I'm glad you raised it and emphasized it. Mm-hmm. With with that in mind, with that context around safety management systems, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about the Z10 standard in particular, the major changes in this newest revision, and why those changes were made by the Z10 committee. Uh, yeah, and this goes back, you got to go back to when we started the revision. When we started the revision, we had a couple of meetings where we just thought about what are the most important things that we need to accomplish. And we brainstormed, we had committees, all subcommittees, task groups, and so on and so forth. And the committee came up with the major goals of this revision process. And some of the major goals were we need to help organize. You know, we thought Z10 is pretty good the way it is. It needs some improvement, but we really need to help organizations with implementation. And as a result, we said we're going to help improve, make Z10 more, even more readable, we're going to add more annex material. We need to create guidance manuals and other documents that would help people implementing uh, Z10. We need to improve the understanding of systems. So in the way that we write the standard, we're going to try to emphasize these interconnections, interdependencies, feedbacks between the parts of the system so that we'll we try to really make it clear that these things are interdependent and these elements don't function alone. Uh, you know, uh, you, you can't do good planning if you don't have good evaluation and monitoring, if you're not getting feedback from operations, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. All of these things fit together. They're not independent. We thought that integrating this kind of something you mentioned earlier integrating uh, health and safety into business processes in general. So the safety and safety and health was not siloed, was critical. And so there's great emphasis. This it might even at times drive the readers crazy. But we're, we're, over and over we emphasize this, 
uh, both in terms of requirements and examples and recommendations of how to better integrate health and safety into business processes. We thought it was important to incorporate some of the new ideas, new view, hop, safety to, et cetera, safety differently, et cetera, et cetera, these new concepts, mm-hmm. uh, systemic concepts around health and safety. Uh, and I'll talk to that, talk about that in a minute. We thought that emphasis, a lot of organizations really wanted to emphasize fatal and serious injury and illness prevention. And so that needed to be a focus, and we needed to make sure that that was addressed better in the standards and the implementation. We felt that the times organizations treated uh, Z10 and some of these other management systems as safety standards and didn't properly emphasize occupational health issues. And That's so a good we point. wanted to have a major emphasis on occupational health, and that was accomplished because we have a whole section of requirements specific section on occupational health. We have a chapter in the guidance manual on it. We have a great deal of information in the annex. We thought that we needed to have a, a focus on small and medium-sized enterprises. And uh, that goal, one of the initial committee goals, that led to uh, SME guidance manual, which we'll talk about later, specifically Mm -hmm. for small and medium-sized enterprises. Beyond that, we ended up creating whole chapters uh, in the guidance manual on metrics, which I think has got some uh, much more modern, leading-edge thinking on metrics and and, uh, and other areas like workplace violence. So uh, those were the goals of the committee, and, uh, you know, that was really what we focused on moving forward. We didn't just narrowly try to, you know, think about, well, let's fix this requirement or that requirement. We did some of that. Uh, and it, it, as 45,000 evolved, we tried to harmonize the high-level structure of Z10 with 45,001, which was relatively easy. The structure was somewhat similar, but, I, but we made it even more similar, uh, modified the numbering of the elements to coincide with the ISO high-level structure to assist organizations that were implementing 45,001, mm-hmm. 9,001, 55,001 asset management, whatever it happened to be, so that it would just be more easy, easily understood by their organizations. So those are some of the major goals and some of the major uh, changes that we made. Okay. You mentioned 45,001 and, uh, you know, those who follow safety and health management may be aware that along with the publication of this latest version of Z10, we also had some major news last year with the publication of the ISO 45001 standard, which is the international standard for safety and health management. So I want to talk a little bit about how Z10 compares to ISO 45001 at a high level. Yeah. So just in terms of background, um, I was one of the U.S. experts at most of the meetings around the world on 45,000. Mm-hmm. So I was on the team that represented the United States. So I have a lot of knowledge of, of the process. And it was, it was great. And it was a uh, great learning and enjoyable process experience. So both the development and uh, promulgation of 45,001 and the revision of Z10 have both created a great deal of interest in management systems, which is great. Uh, uh, both in the United States and around the world. Um, the main thing to remember here is that the similarities between 45,001 and Z10 are far greater than the differences. Mm-hmm. It's also important, my earlier point, 
either standard can be used to create a great management system or a piece of crap. Okay, that's important. <laughs> Both have that potential. And uh, and really, I, you know, I mean that seriously. Uh, but uh, so, so anyway, your question, the high-level structure is very, very similar. There's a few areas where we felt in Z10 that 45,001 sort of got it wrong on some, some structural issues. But the numbering system between the two standards is, uh, which is the high-level structure, is virtually the same. Okay. So leadership, so, so context is, is clause four. Five is management, leadership, worker participation in both. Six is planning in, in both. Uh, seven is support in both. Implementation operation is eight. Uh, evaluation corrective action is nine. And management review is 10. So the high-level structure is was carefully uh, tweaked in, in Z10 to coincide with the high-level structure of, of, of ISO in general and 45001 specifically. Okay. So the, the other part of it is I, I think some organizations, some folks on the phone might say, gee, how do I... How do I decide then? You know, this is confusing. 45,001 was a lot of the folks working on 45,001, a lot of the people using 45,001 are using it for certification, either because they're being encouraged or sometimes forced by other organizations in the supply chain to certify to 45,001. And so 45,001 is, is heavily focused on certification. Uh, not exclusively, but heavily focused. Mm -hmm. And as a result, auditors had a lot of influence on influence on 45,001. Z10, and I've taught an awful lot of Z10 classes, organizations doing Z10 aren't so much focused on certification. In fact, they, have, they generally don't certify, but they're interested in improving their management system. So the uses are a little bit different. And when you get to differences, I think that Z10 has a greater emphasis on systems and interdependencies. Mm -hmm. 45,001 tends to be a little more prescriptive and a little less of a systemic approach, which can lead to sort of siloing at times. Specific differences, uh, Z10, as I mentioned earlier, Z10 has a whole section on occupational health. Z10 section on design review and management of change is much more substantial uh, than 45,001. The guidance manuals are different. You know, the, the Z10 has got these, these guidance manuals that will be out very, very soon. Mm -hmm. uh, there is work on a guidance manual for 45,001, but I think it's a little bit further down the line, but it's coming. The planning section in Z10 is much more strategic planning and system planning uh, than 45,001. 45,001's planning section is sort of uh, gumped up with all sorts of things that make it less clear that it's system planning that's the focus. Uh, that was the intent, but I think uh, somewhat because of all of the things that are included in planning, it, that, that focus can be lost by the reader if mm -hmm. they're not careful. So those are some of the major high-level differences. 
again, the similarities are much greater than the sure. differences. Okay. Digging a little deeper into Z10, uh, something I mentioned at the top and one of the major components of the standard is contained in Section 4, and that is looking at safety and health management in the context of the organization. This section focuses on understanding the organization, the needs and expectations of workers, and the scope of the safety and health management system. Now, I wonder if you could speak to that section and the importance of looking at safety management in the context of your organization and also how safety professionals can go about gaining that greater understanding. Say you're, you're a safety professional at a large organization, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things at play. Where can safety professionals begin to kind of develop that comprehensive understanding of where safety fits in the organization and how they can use that information to develop a better safety and health management system and how Z10 can help them with that? Yeah, Scott, the, the uh, context section is an important addition uh, to Z10, and really it came from the high-level structure in 45001. It was one of the major areas in 45001 that we thought the Z10 committee felt was an was important uh, area that really we had missed in earlier revisions of Z10. And as you mentioned, context is so important uh, in an organization. Thinking about when you're working on improving your management system, uh, it's not a good idea to ignore either the internal or external context of your organization. So what are some examples? You know, just something that would come to mind for me off the top of my head would be, you know, the organization, in, an internal uh Context issue would be, gee, the organization's downsizing for whatever one reason or another. Uh, sort of an internal, external could be, well, the organization's acquiring this other business, this other line of business, this other product line, et cetera, from some external sort. A divestiture, we're getting rid of this other section of our organization. Uh, leaders have decided we're not going to be in that business anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, major product changes, major leadership changes. Gee, we just uh, changed our CEO. Gee, you know, the, the managers at all the facilities were just changed for for some reason. Uh, there are major market changes going on. There are major trade issues that are taking place that are influencing us uh, exter- as an external uh, context. And, and those are just some. And when when I do classes and, and health and safety folks sit around and start to think about this, they come up with all sorts of other examples in their organizations of factors that are influencing, you know, everything from internal changing con- uh, culture and all sorts of things. So it's really important and it's very instructive when health and safety folks start to really think about with the organization what are the factors that are going to influence our management system mm-hmm. in either a positive or negative way? Right. Uh, you know, what are those? And that, that also helps us in, in, in Section 4, deal, we, we need to identify interested parties and their needs and expectations. You know, who are those people? Is the folks, you know, that live around our, uh, our facility? Is it the you know the workers? Uh, who are all of the interested parties, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. And then finally, in, in clause four, in context, you you think about what is the content, what is the scope? I'm sorry, what's the scope of the management system? Is it going to be the entire organization? Is it going to be the entire organization, but not PR and and uh, the communications department, or is it going to be? These certain product lines or certain facilities mm-hmm. and not others. I mean, those are issues. 
Generally, organizations include the whole organization in the scope of their management system, but not always. It sort of depends on a lot of factors. So it is an important issue, uh, an important element, and it was an important addition to this version of Z10. Okay. Speaking of that, another aspect of Z10 that really caught my attention is the section dedicated to management leadership and worker participation. I wonder if you could touch a little bit on that and the important role that each of those groups play in improving your safety and health management system. Yeah, the you know management and leadership uh, really needs to address the management system issues that really no one else can address. It, it's unfortunate when the leadership is focusing on specific health and safety problems. Sometimes that's necessary, uh, but what they really need to do is focus on the big systemic issues, such as, you know, do we have a management of change process? What's the culture around here? Is our culture, you know, fear and blame, or is it, you know, learning and understanding? What's the quality of our feedback processes? Can accurate feedback, unfiltered, uncensored feedback, move from people doing the job to the leaders of the organization? Or is it completely filtered and converted to PowerPoints that totally miss the point and lose the message? What's the structure? What are the metrics that we are going to use? To what extent is the safety and health activities as well as management system integrated into the overall business? Those are key leadership issues. Those are things that only leaders can fix. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and, and that's evident when you read the requirements of uh, Z10. Worker participation is really an issue of how to recognizing that workers have critical information. They play a critical role. They're so critical in terms of feedback processes, providing the, the organization with information not only about things that go wrong, but just how things are going in general, how processes are working, you know, what they're experiencing, et cetera, et cetera. And that's critical feedback to every part of the management system. And that's why there's a separate section on uh, worker participation. And obviously, as you mentioned earlier, this has important implications, not just for safety, but for quality, productivity, et cetera, et cetera. When we don't have good feedback processes, it negatively impacts many, many areas of of the management system and and certainly areas beyond health and safety specifically. Definitely. That's that's a very, very good point. Now, uh, one of the really exciting things about this latest update, you touched on this a little bit earlier, is that in the the coming months, there will be implementation guides for Z10, one more general and one that applies specifically to small and medium-sized businesses. And I wonder if you could touch a little bit on that. Organizations really want to get their hands on the uh, guidance document. Um, we're right at the closing in on the finish line. Uh, it should, they should be available very, very soon. They've got the the, guidance, the main guidance manual has the chapters on system thinking, the new view of safety and HOP and occupational health and worker participation and uh, fatal and serious injury uh, prevention, workplace violence, MOC uh, metrics. There's a great chapter on metrics and and a comparison table of the standards. Uh, you know, 45,001 C10, et cetera, et cetera, as well as specific sections on part that relate to part elements of the management system. 
policy. So there's a chapter that's got examples of policy statements, a, a chapter on roles and responsibilities. So examples of writing roles and responsibilities, uh, planning section, uh, writing objectives and implementation plans, risk assessment, uh, hierarchy of controls, uh, design review and management of change, procurement, contractor safety, incident investigation, audits, in the management review process. So uh, this is a major document. We're going to be trying to update it like almost every year. Okay. Uh, it's And I just think it's a major accomplishment. And, and this is going to be a very valuable document, not just for people, organizations implementing Z10, but those organizations implementing 45001. This is going to be very helpful to them. The SME document, small and medium-sized enterprise document, is a great tool because it's written and it's very, very clear. It's not just a ton of text. It's written in tables so that you can go through the various parts of standards and it says, you know, here are different things you can do. Here's various levels of maturity uh, moving toward uh, conformance with this requirement. It's very, very user-friendly. We've gotten great feedback on it. And again, it's right at the finish line also. Um, we're actually trying to decide on a couple of graphics, and then it's done. So uh, we're very close, and we're just excited. We think those are going to be great products and super helpful to organizations. Okay, great. Yeah, that sounds like it'll be a really in-depth, comprehensive guidance for organizations to take a look at. So everybody uh, keep an eye out for that. Now, uh, for those organizations who do implement Z10, are there broader benefits that they can expect beyond improving occupational safety and health? I, I think there are because... A good implementation of the improvement of your management system begins with understanding your current management system. And again, many of the deficiencies that one would find when they understand how their system works cut across many, many lines. I'll just give you one example. Let's just say that one of the deficiencies you find when you look at how does our organization really work you say, and you're thinking about the, man the health and safety management system, you might say, gee, our, our procedures are a problem. <clears throat> there's a gap between what our procedures say and what people do. And there's always going to be a gap because people are constantly adapting to circumstances that, are, that, that can't be anticipated by people writing uh, procedures. Mm -hmm. But frequently, the people writing procedures are so distant from the actual work being done, there's this gap. And that gap uh, is something that impacts not only health and safety, but quality, efficiency, and so on and so forth. And so by closing and recognizing that's our current process, again, we've got good people writing procedure at good people doing jobs. If we can close the gap between them, if we can improve the relationship, if we, we understand there's this interaction which is weak, if we can close that gap, build that relationship, we can improve safety quality, efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, so what I'm trying to mention or, or highlight is that the system deficiencies that one finds when you're looking at your safety and health management system are normally common deficiencies. They don't just affect health and safety. Right. They affect the organization more broadly. So if we see, gee, one of the problems is that safety is not well integrated, it's siloed, uh, that it may be very similar. That may be because the organization tends to silo and fragment things. 
and that has broad negative implications in many other areas. Absolutely. You know, the organization, you know, tends to create metrics and treat metrics in a certain way that's not helpful to the organization all the time. That's another way, that area that we can improve, again, that cuts across many areas. Definitely. Anything else you'd like our listeners to know about Z10 and safety management systems as we wrap up? I guess the last thing I would say is that we're going to continue meeting. the. Even though the revision is going to be done, we're going to continue meeting the committee because we have big plans just in terms of the future. We're considering creating a family of standards around Z10, improving the guidance manual. We think work needs to be done on a hierarchy of controls because hierarchy of controls basically applies to physical hazards. And when we think about these organizational issues, we need sort of additional approaches. We need to think more and, and continue thinking about transitioning from incident investigation to learning and organizational improvement. We need more effective and efficient tools for auditing the management system and uh, methods and, and tools. That's another area we'd like to focus on think about. We continue thinking about metrics because they're so important and it can influence an organization in so many positive and negative ways. And it may be necessary to create other standards. This is just Jim House speaking, uh, but there's some interest in a standard on culture, management of change, management of organizational change, psychosocial issues. So uh, that, that's sort of looking into the future, where we think there are needs for Z10 uh, that we can meet by creating this, again, family of standards or other Z10.1, Z10.2, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, That's some of the exciting stuff that we're thinking about uh, in the future uh, based on brainstorming from the committee. That's great. Yeah, that's like a, a potentially a, a lot on the a lot on the horizon for Z10. That's really exciting. So definitely uh, uh, keep an eye out for that. Well, uh, thank you very much again for coming on, Jim. I hope our listeners will take a look at Z10 and uh, the upcoming implementation guides to see how those documents can help them improve their safety and health management system. So thank you again. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.